Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kickback Presents the All Memphis Post Game Show, where we where we recap, break down, analyze every Memphis Tigers and or Memphis Grizzlies game right after they happen. You don't have to wait for our takes. And today we are talking about the Tigers winning the NIT tournament, beating Mississippi State. Um, I didn't change it at the bottom, but miss, beating Mississippi State. 77 to 64 with me always is the homie mace mace welcome you are a champion today i ain't trying to hear no not in tournament jokes i'm proud of these guys and what they accomplished um you know coming from where they came from early in the season to perform as you know one of the best teams you know nationally they are being recognized as a team that could still be competing in the ncaa tournament at this very moment with the way that they're playing and um, I, it's not all you could ask for because you could ask for them to, to have played better early on and actually get in the NCAA tournament. But considering the circumstances, uh, extremely proud of these guys, extremely proud of the effort. And uh, I mean, Jamal, they came out ready to win the championship. They came out like men on fire. Musa Cisse looked like the best player on the floor for like two minutes. He got an offensive rebound, saved it, got it back for a dunk. He was forcing turnovers, just had them turning away, scared to shoot, blocking shots, Lester and Boogie hitting threes, and next thing you know, it's 13-0. Yeah, they started out the game literally like they ended the last game. Like they were, it was a continuation. And for a second, they had Mississippi State scared. Mississippi State was scared to play. And I think I mentioned it in the show last night, or in, yeah, last night. Um the thing about these tournament games is they don't, even though Mississippi State plays in the SEC, where they play powerhouses like Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU, um, all of those teams that made the tournament, Florida, Tennessee, LSU, they never played a defense like the Tigers, an aggressive, and, and a defense as aggressive as the Tigers are in pressing. It's not, it's not even that many pressing defenses in the country anymore, anyway. Um, and you can see how that defensive style has gotten these teams off when they play them like Colorado state couldn't, they, you can't adjust for it. Like you can practice for it all you want to, you can prepare for it. You can go through it, the motions with your scout team through practice, every practice, but until you on the court and see the speed and the length of these players, teams are ready for it. And that first 10 minutes, it was a clinic putting on by Memphis. It was, it was an absolute clinic. I would have liked for them to be up by more, obviously, uh, since Mississippi state came back uh, to tie the game. But that first 10 minutes, it was, it was a defensive clinic by the Tigers. Yeah, and Mississippi State was turning the ball over. But then, uh, as per usual, uh, DeAndre Williams picked up his second foul with like nine minutes to go in the half. And then the Tigers couldn't buy a bucket basically the rest of the half. Um, Smith, well, I can't remember his first name on Mississippi State, but the little guard, he, he kept him in it. He had eight points. Um, Cameron Matthews, Mook. Uh, he had a hell of a game, came into the game shooting 19% from three. And like at one point he was three for four from downtown and couldn't be stopped. Shout out to the homie, J.O. J.O., you've been yelling it for years, my boy. You can finally go and print the shirts. You got to, you got to, maybe you're going to print them on the, uh, the Hanes <laughs> t-shirts instead of the, uh, the other, the good brand I'm playing. Uh, that's just a little bit of hate, but no. Um, happy for all of the Memphis fans who kind of who struggle who have been struggling through um, this season, the past season, with the expectations of them to come back and win. Uh, but in terms of this game, man, 
they were in the announcers like Fran Fischilla, they they pointed it out a few times the connections between the uh, two teams and the players on the two teams. Obviously, uh, Moog Matthews, like you said, played on Olive Branch with DJ, um, and you know they know each other. They were recruiting some of the same, but like Mississippi State just got outclassed by Memphis, bro. Like they were a better team, and I called them the mouth of the South last night but the same thing deandre williams like just this is what he does he's talking and yelling and gyrating and gesturing and everything but that's what gets this team going you know what i'm saying yeah and i mean they needed it because in the first half they only shot 27 percent and 29 percent from downtown uh thankfully they were taking care of the ball we only had three turnovers compared to nine for mississippi state but both of us had five points off turnovers so we weren't capitalizing on the mistakes. We had six steals and only five points off turnovers. That's hard to do. <laughs> you you got to yeah. be in the offensive funk to do that. And then we out-rebounded them on the offensive end, nine to two, but we only outscored them by three in second chance points in the first half. So we just didn't capitalize on opportunities. And it shows you that how much room this team still has to grow. And that should be exciting for Tiger fans that there, there's opportunities that are left out there every night that this team could take advantage of essentially, you know, moving forward and be even better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the missed opportunities. I mean, I, if there's one thing that you could just characterize this season as is the season of missed opportunities, right? Like uh, starting the year in South Dakota, beating St. Mary's was, turned out to be an okay St. Mary's team, but actually losing to Western Kentucky and losing to VCU. Like, what if just beat one of those teams, you do better. In the Tulsa games, you do missed opportunities in the Tulsa game. Uh, Tulsa games. Um Hell, even that first SMU game, this no, the second SMU game, because we beat SMU in Memphis when we lost to them in SMU. Uh, same thing there. Is, uh, I, I said it again, like every Memphis game is like a microcosm of the Memphis season. <laughs> and uh, it, it happened today, you know, started off pretty fast, I guess you could say, and then they came back to earth a bit. Um, but ultimately ended up winning the game. And that's really all you, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, and credit to Mississippi State for fighting back in it because, it, you know, early on they could have easily rolled over with the pre pressure that Memphis was putting on them and the way things worked out. When, when you get skunked 13-0, you, you can roll over, but they didn't. They fought back. But then to start the second half, once again, and we've seen this team do it, it feels like all year, but definitely the second half of this season is they go into halftime and a lot of times like they, they had just let the team back in it or something. Um, but whatever adjustments they make, whatever Penny says to them at halftime, like they come out on fire once again, um, which if you remember like Penny's first and second seasons, we'd get off to these horrible starts and have to come back from 20 down. So it's great to see um, hopefully that narrative shifting. But Musa came out, got a block, led to Landers three to open the half. Next thing you know, we scored five in a row. And Musa, I thought – it was like his best game, just the way he was moving around on the floor, his defensive presence. It might not have showed up in the stat line. He, he only had six points and six rebounds. And they only gave him credit for two blocks, and, and DJ had five blocks in the box score. But it felt like Musa blocked ten shots today. Yeah, but. he was everywhere, man. He's just – and that's the thing that you like to see about Musa. Like, his length is just crazy, right? And so – um you just want to continue to see him grow and it's not much you have to change on a defensive end with Musa, maybe become a little bit more disciplined in some ways on that. 
But it's it's like when you have a rim protector like that who just alt if he's not blocking shots, he's altering shots, he's changing people's thought process about coming in the lane and shooting shots. You know, that that that's that's awesome for him. Yeah, and um Boogie also was really good today. He got it. He had it going in the first half. He had 11, and then he added, uh, I believe, 12 more in the second half to finish with 23. But he just was it, – it, it's great to see because you you worry, like, after only scoring four points yesterday, we noted how he only scored four points, but he still played 30 minutes and played – like, was in the majority of the game. And then he bounces back today and leads you in scoring. So it kind of seems like he's mentally maturing and – not just riding the waves anymore. He kind of understands that he can do this, but it's also a team team effort. And some nights you're not going to have 23 points. Um, and he contributed five assists, four rebounds, and only one turnover. Um, I thought, I mean, it's it's hard to find anyone to you know talk bad about DJ once again, especially in the second half. You go like one four, and he's just taking his man one on one and making plays. He tried to do it a couple times in the first half, and it didn't work out. Um, he like forced some bad shots and turned it over, but he stuck with it. And in the second half, he was DJ Jeffries as we came, as we've kind of come to expect here down the stretch. One thing I will say, I noticed, like you said, it's, it's, um, it's tough to be critical of any player this entire NIT tournament. Like they, the team had played it, not even the whole, like since January, this calendar year, 2021, this team has played really well. Um, I'm one of the hardest critics critics of Penny and this team. And like I said last night, like for the last three and a half weeks, it's been tough to criticize them or anything besides, besides the obvious and making free throws. And like, they've gotten better at turnovers. Um, everything else, they just, just make free throws. So, uh, but the one thing I will say I noticed is Penny still, he was shortened the rotation. Like Malcolm only had seven minutes. And I think it was kind of the same case yesterday, too. I didn't look at the exact minutes, but you just see Malcolm on the court a lot yesterday. Like, when it came time to win these games, Penny had his people on the court. He had the people he trusted on the court. Like, DJ played 30 minutes out of 40, and he didn't start. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's 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 like maybe you think that that's something that he should have uh, he should have done earlier. My mom just texted me, literally, hey, how about, how about them Tigers at DM? <laughs> Hope you gave them their props on the show today. Well, I'm recording the show right now, Ma. So here's <laughs> me giving them their props. Yeah, they deserve it, man. We're definitely giving them props. But, uh, yeah, and ball 19 minutes off the bench and no one else really. And, and we've kind of been seeing that because as Musa comes out in the first half, Malcolm will come in. But then by the close of the first half, it's usually Jaden out there because we're going a yeah. little bit smaller, being a little more switchable and quick. Um, unless Malcolm is having one of those games where he's really producing. We haven't seen that um, that often, but he did what he needed to do, um, you know, to contribute to a championship team. So I, I think we saw enough from Malcolm to know that we will be able to use him throughout the season, but it just may not be in the role that he, you know, desires. Envision. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a whole, there's a whole summer of work to be done and roster reconstruction. We don't know what's going to happen. And, you don't even really want to speculate. Who knows? But right now, we'll, we'll just enjoy the, uh, you know, enjoy the championship that we have to celebrate. Enjoy the players we have, and hope most of them come back and give it another shot at the at the big dance. Well, let's speculate but, for one second. One, uh, one, one, one moment of speculation. Since Jo put this in here, Kennedy Chandler flipping from Tennessee. Kim English, 
the assistant coach at Tennessee who was the main recruiter for Kenley Chandler just took a job at what Cleveland State um or a uh, no, George what a, a George Mason George, George Mason George Mason George Mason Mason Nation baby Mason Nation George Mason <laughs> so uh maybe Kennedy gets that like would you rather have a freshman Kennedy Chandler or a junior Boogie Ellis <laughs> Uh, that's, you know, that's, I mean, Kennedy Chandler is one of the best point guards in the nation, but Kenny will be a, gosh, I don't know. That's tough. <laughs> I mean, I'll take both, but, but I don't think Kennedy's going to flip, man. We saw I don't, I don't he, think so, he posted man. something recently, you know, basically reaffirming his commitment to the big orange. So, um, you know, would you welcome Tyler Harris back with open arms? Well, he, he's not going to play. I mean, yeah, I would welcome him back with open arms, but I don't think he's I don't think he's got a rotation spot. He went to Iowa State and they stunk and he, he could barely he was not playing a whole lot, you know. So I not nah, I mean, I don't I don't think this is <laughs> I don't think this is the place for Tyler Harris. I, I love the kid. He was fun and set records like as a freshman and should never um, yeah, probably so, probably right. Should never should never came. Uh, but again, another guy who his numbers were great at uh, out of Cordova. Like he was awesome to watch in high school, electric player. But expectations got the got the best of him, and it's not his fault. Like he was doing what he was supposed to do at Cordova. Like yeah, Mister First Forty Eight. Like if you can score forty eight, you do that because you're winning. Uh, you're in Mister Basketball conversation. But you got to see the whole picture of where he fits in the college basketball landscape, and it's just. He wasn't gonna be that guy. He wasn't gonna come in and be like Randy Culpepper, you know. Man, that era, boy, that era of Memphis <laughs> high school basketball was something else, man. I and can, even Randy had to go to UTEP to do it. Randy, so. Randy, <laughs> Randy had to go to UTEP. You you had to go to places where, uh, I mean, you look at uh, campaign. Yeah, I mean, he, he had some guys with him too at UTEP, but because uh, they had a um, oh, what's his name, Jeremy. Uh, Williams? Jeremy Williams? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Williams. Yeah, they had yeah. him. Oh, they this was Ar- Barbie. Ar- Barbie. Arnett Moultrie. There you go. Barbie had just left the, t- the Cal staff and went down there, and he took basically all of the players that Memphis, that University of Memphis wasn't going to take. <laughs> and so he was like, well, y'all can just come on to UTEP. And what UTEP, that, that UTEP team, I was in the building that night. Um, I was home for something. That UTEP team snapped a Memphis home winning streak. It might have been Josh's first or second year. Um, yeah. That UTEP team was like a 60-something game home winning streak that the UTEP team snapped because Randy and them just came in ready. <laughs> and uh, there was – yeah, it must have been Joe in freshman year because that's when they – I think they ended up beating UTEP in the um, – Didn't they have Myron Strong too? Yeah, I want to they, say. Had a, they, had a, they had a huge Memphis contingent down there. And that team was good. That team was good. Um, so here, here's my, my question for you. University of Memphis alum and University of Memphis fan. Uh, what do you grade the season? Um, I probably give it a B. A B. Um, if you would have asked me before the season when I was expecting DeAndre Williams to be cleared, and if I'm being perfectly honest, probably even without him, I would have expected the Tigers to finish top two in the conference and uh be dancing and they didn't finish top two they finished just behind that at three so but i do think they got some bad luck with 
every player getting cleared to transfer and Williams not. Um, but that's just the nature of the business. So I give him a B. I, you know, it was definitely looking like a D early in the season, maybe even an F. And then if they, you know, made a bunch of hundreds on some tests and quizzes, this makeup work to bring that grade up to a respectable B, uh, you know, get, get you those three points on the GPA scale. So I, I give him a B. How about you? They came to a couple of uh, study hours. They <laughs> visited, went to the professor's office on his days to get some extra credit. Hey, we've all been there. You fall behind early. <laughs> got to, got to. That, that ain't your college experience. Don't talk to me. Um, I, I'll give it. I'll do the same with a B. Um, and I, the majority of that B comes from January first of this year till now. Like. The thing about it is you can only you can only play the teams in front of you. So as much as I want to not really blame the schedule, because they played a, like the American Athletic Conference sucked this year. But you can only like you 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 have to play them. You you can only play who's in front of you. And you gotta win. And this is what they did. At the end of the at the end of the day, the game, this game is about winning. And that's what they did. Uh the expectations were what they were, and those expectations were shot after the first weekend. You do saw. You think, do you think the grade would be any different if the Tigers would have won one of the Tulsa games and won, say, the Western Kentucky game, and and snuck in as an at-large team, but lost in their first round of the NCAA tournament? Would would they have gotten a different grade then? I, I probably would have given them. You know what? It might have been a B plus. I think it, I agree. I think the grade would have been different because they would have made the tournament. Okay. And, and you would like this was a tournament team. We have said it. We said it starting this season. We thought this was a tournament team. Um, now, granted, with the, the tournament team stuff, a lot of that stuff is different because it's all about the draw you get. And maybe you're a 12 seed that gets a bad five seed, and you know that's an easy, you know, do that. Um, but if they if they win one of those games and they make the tournament, I think this is an automatic B plus A minus year. Yeah, um, that, that's fair. That's fair. And that's and what, what, what I guess the thing too is like you you see what it looks like. We saw such regression from players and then some progression from players. And just like, it was a roller coaster season. I mean, that's not a novel thought, but it was like a roller coaster in every way, record wise, team chemistry wise, team stats wise, like everything was up and down until DeAndre Williams came. And I mean, I like have been on this dude and critical about this guy, but obviously he was the thing that kept this team together because when he came back that two lane game, there was a flip switch. Flip switch. <laughs> That's it, right? The switch flipped. Yeah. Golly. Blame the beer. Um, and, and, and you can see it. Like I was talking to somebody today. I was talking to um, one of Alex's uncles today. And I was like, he said, you know, you got to give Kenny Penny credit for you know, keeping the team together, and I'm like, and 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 getting them right. And I said, you can, you can see the line of demarcation of when they stopped being selfish and when they started playing for each other, and the team took off. Now, granted, there were some close calls. Tulane game was too close. South Florida game was too close. Um, you lost to SMU once, but still, you won what you needed to win, and yeah. So that's my answer. Yeah, and I mean, if DeAndre Williams comes back, he's he's definitely in the conversation for preseason All American. I would say um, Lander's not far off. 
Musa would be in the conversation for preseason all conference. So would Lester. Like you would have legit four guys uh, if they all come back with Boogie too in the conversation for preseason all conference. Um, and while we're on the, the award subject, Landers Nolly was named NIT most outstanding player, and Lester was named to the all tournament team. And I, I thought I thought that was completely fair. You could have you could have put anyone from this Memphis team on the all tournament team. Really, I thought Les was super deserving. I probably would have voted Les MVP if I had the vote. Um, but Landers had the huge game, and I thought DJ and Williams were right there knocking on the door for all tournament team too. I mean, I think we asked this question before, and since you just mentioned DJ's name, what was the change in DJ? Because I remember two and a half weeks ago sitting on here talking to you saying, DJ Jeffries needs to do this. We need DJ Jeffries to do this. What was the – what do you think has been the change? Is it a, Was it a strategy thing, a coaching thing? Uh, did you notice anything different about DJ in the last three weeks? Uh, his body language looked different. He looked more confident in himself. He kind of bought into just – and he's been been pretty good defensively and on the boards all year, but just bought into doing the little things and just, like, realizing that the offense was going to come um, and just not thinking, just hooping. Like, it's, it's kind of – we've just been waiting on that flip – that, that switch to flip all season. Ah! Like, like you know, we've been saying, like, what could Penny do to, to make these guys stop throwing it out of bounds and stop looking like they're thinking so much? And um, I don't really think it was anything strategically over these past couple of weeks that have changed in DJ. It's just like he just got confident. He hit a couple shots. He made a couple passes. And now he's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm a swing man. I can handle the ball. I can, you know – go in, take you one-on-one. I can make a play for my teammates. You're averaging like five assists a game. Like that's unheard of from early season DJ Jeffries. Um, what, what we've been seeing with his playmaking ability is honestly a part of his game. I didn't even realize he had. Um, and so like you see that now and you see where all the uh, hype surrounding him coming out of high school was. We know he had the injury last year. He was off to a, a solid freshman campaign for someone in his recruiting ranked area like in the 50s um like he was having a solid campaign then he got hurt and this year you know things never kind of clicked for him until the end of the season and it looks like him and boogie both figured something out they like you said they bought into not being selfish playing team ball and when you do that so much everything just becomes so much easier things are more open the driving lanes are wider you're seeing guys cut you're seeing who's open when you're driving and making the right read and making the correct kick out so I, I just think like it finally clicked it doesn't look like we did have the offensive change from the nba style to the lion offense but honestly and like you and i talked about i thought that was kind of just a bs excuse anyway like it didn't matter what you were running because what, what were we running today pick and rolls basically like this is the same thing. It's not that flex offense that we were trying for a little bit, but Penny basically put them in that flex to make them realize like just what they needed to do and to simplify the game. And now they're taking those concepts of the basic offense and are able to just hoop and, and not think about running the offense, but just doing things as they happen. I think, I think um, I said a lot right there. <laughs> which is, I think it's a lot. Um, I think it's something that young coaches do a lot and young coaches overthink a lot of things. So you started doing the NBA 
style offense, which obviously didn't work because even though it's NBA and it looks like there's not a lot of thinking, there's a lot of thinking involved in those in those dribble handoffs. And Do I go now? Is it my turn? Do I need to pass and wait? Right. Because it's a lot of one-on-one, but it's like, when do you go? Exactly. It's a lot of thinking in that. So then you go to the Lion offense, which is more of a a set call. I'm going to call it, not call a set every time down the court, but I'm going to call a set, and there are two or three different options out of this set, which still requires some thinking. And maybe not as maybe not as much, but some. I mean that that was that was the Lester Lion offense. That like he tried to make it as simple as possible. For right. <laughs> and then at this point, it's like, yo, just go out there and hoop. Like at one point in the season, you, outside of the Memphis games, you I mean, outside of the Houston games, you were better than every team you stepped on the court. You mm-hmm. knew that coming into the game. Go out there and hoop. Here are some fundamentals. Pass, cut. Pass, pass, pick away, pass, move. Here you go. We, I don't want to call the play every time. I don't want to put y'all in this dribble handoff. I don't want to put you in the line. Let's just go play. And then once you once you get to that level of basketball, there are just certain things that come second nature. You know when the screen comes, there's a, how they're spread on the other side of the court. Or you know what to do in all of that. And I think that it, it, three weeks ago, a month ago, a month and a half ago, that's what it was like, yo, bro. Like, let's just go play ball. Let's just go play ball. Don't think I, I'm not gonna take you out for bad shots. I'm shortening the rotation, even about even if it's about one player, whether that's by choice or by force, with Alo being out. Um, so don't worry about the stuff y'all been worrying about. Let's just go play ball and win some games. And you can, and that's what they did. And I think that this is a this is about to be a haterific comment, um, but. And not probably not all that entirely true, but um, with Alo being out, you saw a difference in the team, in 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 the roles of the players on the team, and that's going to be interesting to see how that changes when he comes back. Um, I think when Alo out, it opened up DJ Jeffries to do a lot more. We can look at DJ's numbers since Alo's been out and see a completely different change, uh, in in what he's been doing and whatever. So that's something you have to take into account too. And, and yeah, I, I I don't think that's strategic, but just by by you know, like you said, by force of Alo being out, DJ handled the ball a lot more. Because yeah. usually, if if it's not Boogie or Alo or Ball, like if usually one of them is in the game and being the point guard, whereas we saw both Lester and DJ take on more of a facilitating role with Alo out, which makes sense because Penny was a big guard. You would assume that Penny likes big guards who can do other things. Um, I will ask this: Like, did you get emotional when Alo checked into the game? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't shed a NCAA tears, but I had a few. A few come down. Uh, not when Alo checked in, but just as they were celebrating. I was just happy for him, man. Everything since you know the third game of the season, and really, I think that was a loss to Oregon, and we had the James Wiseman stuff hanging over our head this last season. Um, every since everything since then for this entire program has basically been doom and gloom, except for getting Musa. Um, that was like the lone bright spot. And then season started, you beat St. Mary's, I guess that's a bright spot, but then basically everything since then, there's not been any high points. And just for those guys to have been through two years and they were, you know, expecting all the smoke, they had the Memphis madness experience, but then, 
they've had the weight of the city on their shoulders. So just for them to be able to accomplish something tangible, um, you know, bring the NIT championship back to Memphis, uh, see the celebrations in the locker room with the coaching staffs like they they got Cody Topper dancing. We saw Landers Nolly hitting the John Morant knee knee dance uh, on the floor. Like they, they just deserve it. And anytime your season doesn't end on a loss, it's a great feeling. Like you don't have to sit around crying and stuff. It's like, yo, we're the champs. They were they were extremely happy, which was good to see. Um, it was good to see them being happy, good to see them smiling and enjoying themselves. Because I mean, downplay it if you want, it's still a championship. And the NIT is a uh of prestigious tournament granted everybody wants to be in the NCAA tournament but would you rather have made like you said would you rather have made the NCAA tournament losing the first round or miss it making that team and then win the championship I guess well, you can see it you can see it either way but if you're going to be in the NIT go win the NIT and let that be able to set you up for what's going to come in the future um both coaching style on both coaching wise and player wise to understand what's been going, what's going on with it, you know? Yeah. And as a fan, you know, I think probably you lean towards making the tournament, but as a program, you have to be appreciative for that. Like, obviously as a program, you want the NCAA checks and stuff too, but um, a way, a positive way to spin it is you go on this NIT run and win the championship. And now it's not, all the lingering questions after a first or even a second round exit in which you, you didn't look good. And it's like, well, is, is Boogie cut out for this? DJ didn't do this. Um, you know, all the things that we were expecting to be a topic of discussion two weeks ago, seemingly seem like they've taken care of themselves. We talked about the DJ quotes in the uh, Danielle Lerner story um, after the last game. Today, Boogie in the postgame radio show said he's coming back next year. So, that leaves, you know, Landers and Williams and who knows what they're going to decide. And obviously, like I said, these are kids. They, they could say one thing and be gone tomorrow, be in the transfer portal. So take it with a grain of salt. But at least they seem happy and, uh, you know, planning to be here for the future, at least the, the majority of them. I mentioned it last night, and I'm going to say it again, man, and it's kind of piggybacking off what you said. Like, they had the weight of the city on their shoulders. And for the last few years, they haven't had a chance to experience exactly what it's like to be a Memphis Tiger when the city cares about Memphis Tigers basketball. And so hopefully with this pandemic, I don't want to say coming to an end, but with this, with people becoming more comfortable within the pandemic and, you know, vaccines and stuff being available, um, they get a chance to see what it's like to be a University of Memphis basketball player because we, we all know the perks and what it's like to be that in Memphis, especially when you're winning. And I don't see why they wouldn't win next year, regardless of who they bring in. They should be the same top two, top three team in the AAC. Um, and whatever, whatever their conference, their non-conference schedule looks like, they should be able to handle themselves. They got high major players. They're gonna be playing high major teams too. So I would, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. Happy for Penny and his staff. Um, he did something that. Josh never did. Josh never won an NIT championship. Uh, and Josh never made it past the second weekend of the tournament. If Penny does that, which he has an option to do next year, you know, you can say you can talk about their their tenures in that way. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, I think all in all, net positive for the or for the uh, for the program and net positive for Penny. Net positive for the players. 
it was it was just a good it was a it was a good week turnout i guess and my only i have an issue with nit and the issue is they played their first game last thursday and then they played a week later then they played on Saturday. Then they played right on Sunday. Like, why would you? Why so much time between the games if you're gonna make them play the championship game right after the semifinals game? Like, they had a week there. I know it's TV and stuff, but figure something else out, bro. Like, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't like that. Yeah, I imagine it's just something to do with the NCAA tournament. We we'll get in where they can fit in or something yeah. like that. So, I don't know, but uh, good start to the season. The uh, grading scale will definitely be a bit different heading into next season uh at, at least at this point and we'll save that for i guess a preseason or offseason show but next uh, season is tournament or bust like we can't we're, we're, <laughs> and, 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 you, and you can't come off there you, you can't come off that expectation next season is tournament or bust for real well and not to be a debbie downer but there still is the uh lingering ncaa yes. punishment we'll just whatever that may be Maybe they just say, you know what, with COVID, we're just sliding it under the rug. No, no harm, no foul. That's what they um, should. Do. That's what they should do. If the NCAA was smart. If the NCAA James, James Wiseman will be in his second year in the NBA. Like, what are we doing? Oh, but like we nope. John Camden and like these other recruits. Like, well, come on now. Nobody on this team had anything to do with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, except suspend Penny for a couple games. That's fine. Suspend Penny for six games. Other yeah. than that, like, just go. Whatever, bro. If, but yeah. the NCAA is not smart, so they won't do that. But that's what they should do. Yeah, maybe we'll see if we can get a Cade Cunningham in here and they'll just put it off as again. But it didn't work with James Wiseman, so I don't know what you got to do. There's different types of number one recruits. Um, all right, who you, who you got for player of the game tonight? I'm going to go with DJ. DJ. I, like DJ. I like DJ Jeff. I mean, you go Boogie is like the ultimate choice. Boogie had 23 points. But uh, DJ is my guy. I'm gonna go with DJ. I, I I've liked what I've seen from him the last three, uh, three and a half weeks. His aggressiveness is a great way to end the season for DJ Jeffries. So I'm going DJ Jeffries. Yeah, and I'll go with Boogie and likewise everything you just said. So what about your bum of the game? The NIT tournament because they scheduled the games too crazy and they didn't change the basketballs. Like even if it's a Wilson basketball, the NCAA, the NCAA tournament plays with better Wilson basketballs than they do. They ain't playing out here with the indoor outdoor ball with too much air in it, and I did not like it. So that's what I that's my bone of the game. I'm gonna go with my boy Stewart from Mississippi State. Came into the game averaging 22 in the NIT, and uh, that mighty Tigers defense held him to four points on one of ten shooting and four turnovers. So for one last time, for good measure, they just locked the opposing team's best player up and made his day on. I was gonna say made his night a nightmare, but he just he could do nothing. How did how did how did Penny get them to learn learn to love to play defense? <laughs> well, I mean, because it seems like that's all they worked on. Because you've seen their <laughs> offense, brother. <laughs> And then till tonight, until these last two games when they're making 12 and 14 threes or whatever. It's, but, it's uh, ridiculous. Like, he's, he he must coach defense like, hey, I'm going to go to one of their practices next year. That's one of my thing. I'm going to use a media pass or just call somebody and say I'm coming to a practice. Because I want to see what, I want to see how he teaches it. Because, I mean, was this the number one defense two years in the league, two years in a row? Uh, we were top ten last year for sure. I might—I don't think we finished number one, but we're finishing number one this year and finishing 
in the top 30 in Kimpong. So a major climb right. back up up in there. Um, and it's our best finish to the season since pro- the last Joe Jackson year, the Four Kings year, I would say, uh, with Michael Dixon in them. And uh-huh. even in those seasons, always were super frustrating and disappointing ends. Like, at least this one, we go out on a high note. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 You got a, a play of the game? I don't. I don't. I mean, the, the, I guess I could say the 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 thirteen zero run at the beginning, yeah. Um, but like, like I said, that's the majority of what I saw. Um, so yeah, I know there, no was a, there was a couple. We had the boogie and DJ converted on a lob, maybe like our first com- lob conversion on the fast break of the season. So that was <laughs> nice to see. Uh, DJ had a nice dunk there in the second half that was waved off by a travel, but he caught it at the top of the top of the key and just took off down the lane and Tomahawk dunked it. Um, but my favorite play was shortly after that DJ just walked right into a walk up three on the left wing. And I know in his mind, he felt like Kevin Durant shooting it over LeBron on that fast break when, when KD hit the dagger, because DJ was just on that left side, kind of walked right into it. Uh, he, he was r- running the clock down to go one-on-one, just walked into a three and switched it. Um, and then he banked one shortly after that. That was ugly. But, yeah, three good plays. What about uh, any good plays on the parlays? Did you win any money? Won me some money today. Won me some money today on the Tigers, man. They were a five-point favorite, I believe. And uh, that, that line's too little. It was never in doubt. It was never in doubt. And I questioned myself because I was like, you know this game might be close, and it might come down to free throws. So should I just do? I should I do Mississippi State plus five because it might come down like I was like, nah, man, this team is this team is better than like this team is better than them, and they they are more than five points better than Mississippi State, and they proved it. And yeah, so I won me some money off, off of them today, uh, thankfully. Nice, nice. Well, I guess that uh, wraps it up for the Tiger season. Wraps it up for the Tiger season. I guess we might do a year review, or maybe a, a random show at some point in the in the off season to to talk about the Tigers when the recruiting class gets settled and when we find out who's going, who's staying. We can we can come and talk about that. But all in all, uh, I think we started doing this halfway through their season. Um, it was good to see the change in some of this team, the growth in some areas. Um, although I would argue that maybe not enough growth but still a good amount of growth to see uh and you can't argue with winning dog you can't argue with winning you can't hate on winning and they won they just lost two games that they shouldn't have lost because of free throw shooting and um but they did what they're supposed to do and they won they're nit champions they're going to get a ring uh, a lot of people like you said a lot of people don't end their seasons with championship rings on their finger they're going to end up with one so there you go yeah, and we started doing this show just at the right time, right, right after the, the ugliest losses of the season. So We were a good luck charm. You wanted to do this show so you could bring your hating aspect of the Tigerdom. And, uh, you know, Penny just said, not not this season, Jamal. Maybe next not year. Not today. <laughs> not today, Jamal, which is fine, which is fine. Like I said, I have been consistent in my criticisms of Penny and his coaching, but this is his third year. You saw growth from him. Um, he's getting better as a coach. His teams are getting better. And so we'll see. And once again, I will always say that my main contention comes with the Memphis fans <laughs> and not the actual program. 
but you know, my team didn't make it. We, we, my team was under some NCAA stuff, so we didn't make it. So I got to sit and deal with that. You know, you, y'all, you can talk about what you did. And I can't talk about what I did. Um, so there you go. Yeah, Miss Joyce, I don't think Jamal was too hard on him. I, th- I think he was pretty fair for for the second half of the season. Ever since we've been doing this show, so I, I, I think I think I held him in check. So just yeah. want to let you know that uh, any anytime Jamal comes with some hater, I, I I come right back at him. He does. He I'm does. Here. But uh, we'll be back with uh, some Grizzly shows this week. I think they play Monday uh, in Houston. So if all goes as planned, we'll be back tomorrow night to recap that one. In the meantime, y'all can find me on Twitter at BarnBurnerSlim. Y'all can find the patio version of the show uh, on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Just search All Memphis Post Game. Subscribe to it and leave us a review, please. Jay, let the people know. Man, they can find me on Twitter at Nerdy McFly. They can find the show on the Facebook at The Kickback Pod and or Diamond in the Bluff Media. And they can find the video version of the podcast on Diamond in the Bluff Media on YouTube. Like May said, rate, subscribe, uh, comment. Let us know you like what you're listening to. If we're on whatever platform you're listening to, we thank you for tuning in with us. Congratulations to the Memphis Tigers, your 2021 NIT champions uh i don't know if there's gonna be a parade on bill but they will be out celebrating at some point in time and uh with that being said for mace i am jamal and we are out champs baby hey don't risk covid for an nit parade just saying don't don't <laughs>